Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast for the final day of February. It's the 28th of February, a Tuesday morning. I'm Andy Eubank, and the podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Check them out online at ffbt.com. Coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller with the news, including opening more international markets for Indiana ag products and getting to those soybean field weeds early. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says now we have a dry stretch coming, and the ag markets again yesterday sold off. We have settlements and John Zanker analysis on the Tuesday morning Who's Your Ag Today podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Opening up more international trade markets for Indiana's ag products and some tips for controlling weeds in your soybean fields. I'm C.J. Miller and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, it's all about making the grain and livestock that Indiana farmers produce more valuable. That's why Indiana's trade representatives are racking up the frequent flyer miles to open up new markets for Indiana's ag products. So it may feel like we're stretching further away from our roots, but really what we're doing is bringing Indiana to the world. And that's Drew Sherman, International Trade Director with the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. Indiana exports a lot of ag products to Canada, Mexico, Japan, and China, which have been Indiana's top four international markets over the past several years. Sherman says the goal is to not only maintain those trade relationships, but to grow new ones with other countries. So the top four markets for Indiana account for about 63% of the total commodity trade that comes out of Indiana. So we are looking to diversify, to identify some of those other markets that will really be great buyers of products that we grow, produce, manufacture, process here. One of those emerging markets is the United Kingdom, which was the seventh largest market for Indiana's ag products in 2021. In May of 2022, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb signed a unique trade agreement with the UK. So Indiana was the first state to agree with a state-level memorandum of understanding with the United Kingdom. What's really exciting about this is that agriculture is listed as one of the priority sectors in this agreement. So we're able to focus on opportunities for economic cooperation and trade with a, a really great trading partner for Indiana and for the United States. Uh, so we see a lot of promise coming out of that agreement. Sherman says he and his team will be hitting the road this year to expand Indiana's trade opportunities. So 95% of consumers around the world live outside of the United States and about 70% of the world's purchasing power does not not live within our borders. So when we're looking at opportunities to grow your businesses in Indiana, it really can help by being able to find those partners, those buyers outside of our state, outside of the United States. Sherman adds that having those opportunities to sell Indiana's ag products to the rest of the world is a win-win for Indiana's farmers. When we are able to grow demand for the products that are made using ingredients grown here in Indiana, it really helps everyone out. So 
we enjoy being able to help the entire ag value chain in Indiana, and we get to see some of those benefits really help everyone along that path. Since 2017, the total number of Indiana's ag exports have increased by nearly 16%. Well, as you plan now for the upcoming planting season, Eric Pfeiffer shares some tips to help control weeds in your soybean fields. Really having that strong pre-emergence residual program for weed control that'll help you limit challenges down the road and manage your yield. And that's Brandy Cullen, Bayer's Soy Traits Marketing Manager. The Roundup Ready Extend Crop System and Extend Flex soybeans are helping to keep fields clean, starting with a pre-emergence application of Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology, a restricted-use pesticide, paired with with a traditional residual herbicide. We have a regional weed management recommendation tool, and that's a great resource to help farmers make the best plan for their area. When your fields start clean, you can stay clean, and the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System guarantees it with the Spray Early Weed Control Guarantee. Colin talks more about the Spray Early Weed Control Guarantee. Our team behind the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System is confident that spraying early can give you the control you need to see success in your soybean fields. However, if you follow all of our program requirements and you still experience less than commercially acceptable performance on labeled weeds, Bayer will pay up to $26 an acre to assist on an additional application. Farmers can visit sprayearlyguarantee.com where they can find program details and take the quiz to see if they qualify. If you are spraying early, Cullen describes some of the steps you should take. So by now, most farmers will have already completed the first step by preparing their fields for the next planting season, either through burn down or some form of tillage. Pre or at planting, though, farmers should apply Extendamax herbicide and a residual herbicide for at least two modes of action. If you use Extendamax pre or at planting, this will qualify you for both the start clean and the stay clean portion of the spray early weed control guarantee. In season, farmers can use glufosinate as a post option. Extendamax does not actually need to be applied post in order to qualify for the guarantee if you use it pre. Once these steps are completed, farmers can rest assured knowing that they started clean and they will stay clean and protected by the Spray Early Weed Control Guarantee. Again, for more on that Spray Early Guarantee, visit SprayEarlyGuarantee.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. And I'm CJ Miller. Who's your ag today? Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Putting together a drier next couple of days here, today, tomorrow, and Thursday. A large part of the state is precipitation free. We get sunshine to mix with the clouds here today, and temperatures are staying mild overall. But as we move through tomorrow, a little bit more cloud cover trying to come in over the northern part of Indiana as a weak area of low pressure passes by over Michigan. I am going to say keep an eye out for a little bit of moisture for your Wednesday in northern tier counties, but I think everywhere else just seeing clouds 
clouds and sunshine. Temperatures for tomorrow, Wednesday, should be just a little bit cooler overall, but still not cold. We're keeping temperatures mostly above normal. Thursday, mixed clouds and sun statewide. I'm not concerned about any precipitation there. I think the next newsworthy item is what's coming through here on Friday. A monster low coming out of the central and southern plains moving to the northeast. Now, models are widely differing in what we see, except for the fact that there is a ton of moisture coming with this thing, upwards of three inches of available moisture that can fall. One model says it's all rain and that we end up at two and a half to three inches of rain. Another model says it could end up being all snow and huge snow totals out of that as well. Yet another model says it starts as rain and goes over to some big snow. Right now, the track of the low is going to be key. The model that has all snow keeps the low on a track from about the boot heel of Missouri to south central Ohio. And the model that puts us into the rain moves that low much farther north. So it's it's, Jerry is still out at this point, but either way, I'm going to just sit here and say either way, the moisture that's coming through is completely unneeded in the eastern Corn Belt. This will be on top of the two to three inch rains from last week, on top of the one to one and a half inch rains or more that we saw yesterday. And if we pick up another two to three inches of liquid, whether it's in wet snow that melts fairly quickly or in rain, we're going to be seeing a flooding, localized flooding, way too much water. That's what we're looking at here as we finish out the week. So precipitation type, we're not going to comment on that yet. It could be anything, but we do get chilly behind the front. Even if it's all rain, we get chilly for the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. We are dry in that chilly run with mixed clouds and sunshine. Monday, clouds increase. We have to deal with a little bit of light rain, probably popping up over northern Indiana Monday afternoon, Monday evening. A few hundreds to a few tenths. Central and southern Indiana see nothing. For the rest of next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're looking at cooler temperatures and temperatures that are going to end up being normal to slightly below maybe for just a bit. But we are dry once again, which we're going to need a couple of weeks worth of drying here in order to get this moisture scenario that we likely see ourselves in at the end of this week to ease. That's your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Liquidation again. Corn, soybeans, and wheat. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday Farm Market Review. It's brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the only independent seed company at Commodity Classic. Coming soon, call them for upfront corn, soybean, wheat, alfalfa, and herbicide pricing. It was a sell-off all day long. The number's on the way. First market analysis. I got that from John Zanker when I caught up with him at the end of trade. John with Risk Management Commodities. John, the sell-off continues into a new week, and it looks like it's beginning to be a trend. Certainly some damage done last week to the wheat charts and corn and beans follow the wheat market lower again on Monday. Actually, not a lot of money flow into any commodities. What do you make of it? Well, yes, commodities in general uh, hitting a rough spot here. It's been a bad three or four days, three or four sessions for uh, wheat and corn and soybeans to a lesser extent. Uh, we actually saw some the best bean or the best wheat shipments uh, that we've seen in quite a few weeks <laughs> And uh, it's not helped a whole lot. We've bounced off the lows a little bit here, but uh, July corn's about 90 cents off the uh, high that we only, uh, you know, off the winter high that we saw a couple weeks ago. So, you know, th this is this has been a disappointing move. Wheat's drug down corn. Uh, corn exports shipments and sales continue to be poor. 
uh, at some point uh, that was going to outweigh what was going on in Argentina. And I think we've seen that point. So uh, beans, um, you know, um, still hanging in there pretty good. Anytime uh, you can sit here near the first of March with a record Brazilian crop in the field and see $15 uh, futures on the nearby, that's still pretty good. I still like selling beans over $15. I'm not going to waver at this point. Are we getting to a time of year now where it's unlikely that we'll see any kind of a big rally in the days and weeks ahead? Well, historically, we tend to see the best prices, at least for new crop, occur uh, sometime between April 1st and July 1st. So seasonally, one would say, uh, you know, we could probably see a scare of some sort in the spring and that might get December futures and the corn back up to or above the $6 point, maybe uh, $14 on the November soybeans. But uh, beans in particular are going to have a tough go here in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, export shipment sales tend to fall off sharply. Uh, they've hung in much better than we would have expected uh, due to the slow uh, process of the Brazilian harvest. But uh, 25 million export shipments uh, this past week, that tells us that the uh, the end is, is here <laughs> as far as good shipment reports. So we're going to have to deal with those. It's going to be hard to uh, get real bullish. But I do think the uh, Argentina crop is going to continue to deteriorate. So hopefully we'll see some support pop in here pretty soon. Can you expound more on that as far as an Argentine weather update? You know, um, there was some rain being put in the forecast last week. And, uh, boy, there sure wasn't much over the weekend. And the 10-day forecast, two-week forecast, not showing a lot of rain. Uh, we're starting to hear some people throw out uh, Brazilian, or excuse me, Argentine bean production uh, under 35 million tons, maybe closer to 30 million than 35 million. And, wow. Um, you know, that would have had a, a bigger impact in most years than what we're currently seeing. But uh, 152 million ton Brazilian crop, which would be an increase of 25 million tons, that's pretty hard to ignore. So uh, we're, we're still looking at a net South American gain, probably of 400 million bushels or more. And uh, that's not going to be a number that's easily digested in the coming months. John Zanker at Risk Management Commodities. The number there is 866-837-9027. On the Hoosier Ag Today Monday Farm Market Review, again, a sell-off across the board. March corn goes down to 642 and three quarters, losing seven and a quarter. May, 643 and a half, a nickel and three quarters lower. And March beans, 1518 and a quarter, ending 10 and three quarters down, six and a half points off on the May bean contract, 15 12 and three quarters. March wheat, 696. That was a loss of 12 and a quarter. Livestock lower two. April live cattle, 164.97, 40 cents lower. And a loss of $1.30 on the April lean hogs, 84.72. I'm Ian Bank with the Monday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.